Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Without Context podcast. I am Decavolti, uh, joined here by Sharky Hat, of course, and uh, we've got X back. X Hello, back in the house. how you doing? Uh, we were going to talk about, we were going to talk originally about, like, some tall tales uh, that have been, you know, our favorite tall tales. However, I don't think there's a tall tale as big and, uh, as big and as wide and as, like, bullshitting that the, other than the last few weeks of AEW ever since All Out. And we'll get to that in a little bit. There's been uh, some high points and some low points across the whole board, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, a whole lot of drama in between. A whole lot of drama oh, in between yeah. and some just weird, like, weird booking decisions. And it's just been a really weird, like, two weeks of wrestling uh, these last few weeks. So mm -hmm. normally, um, you know, we try to change things up with a different guest, but didn't really have a guest set aside this week after everything with AEW happened so of course we're going to call X back to the show because this is a a mess of a professional wrestling scene right now. Well, we've also we've also continually been saying like oh yeah we're going to bring guests back. Well we're bringing yeah. guests back. The one uh, consistent the one consistent guest because wrestling is a consistent thing where stuff keeps happening. <laughs> um, oh man. So for the people who are in the know for wrestling the last few weeks we've had clash at the castle we've had all out for aew and we've had the first of i guess we're probably what a month and a half now into triple h running things yeah we're, we're about a good six weeks into triple h you know running the entire show on wwe both on the raw and smackdown side yeah mm -hmm. and uh i guess for this we're probably gonna start with the elephant in the room uh what the fuck happened uh sunday night two weeks not this weekend but the previous weekend uh with cm punk at the whole media screen that they had where he basically shit on his whole company all right so let's let's start with let's start with what actually happened that we know yeah so it cm punk at at the uh, after all out where he he just won the title maybe like three hours ago um got on uh, the media scrum and uh, kind of just deflected everyone's questions and started like went on a tirade about like Hangman Adam Page, uh, the Elite, uh, Nick Matt Nick Jackson, uh, uh, Kenny Omega, Cole Cabana, uh, Cole Cabana for no reason who doesn't account. even work there anymore. You know what? That's fucked up. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on my tirade here. <laughs> Clearly, CM Punk is not from a, a background where like family is important, because um, you know. If if I came into money, I would be taking care of my family. Like, that, that, if I had the money that they made, I'd be taking care of my family. Like, like yeah. maybe I wouldn't have them on my bank account, but that's for a different reason. But so, I would still do my best to take care of them. That's bullshit. Fuck you, CM Punk. Yeah, so Fuck you, Phil. The thing is, he went on a tirade about Cole Cabano, unprovoked, uh, I believe. And... So some of the story, uh, Sam Punk and Cole Cabana have a history on the indie scene, and then they have a history more recently with lawsuits and stuff like that. And for a long time, people thought that he was the reason why Cole Cabana hasn't been on TV, but Cole Cabana is still with AEW. He's just around. Uh, Cole Cabana's in Ring of Honor right now. Yeah, it's it's AEW adjacent. Sure. Um, just... Yeah, so your top guy gets the world title. And then proceeds to shit on a bunch of coworkers in front of live cameras. Mm -hmm. And 
that's not even the biggest story that came out. I mean, that made headlines, but then it made it what it followed was the fact that apparently there was a backsta backstage uh, kerfluffle, we'll call it, between him and the elite, who are some of the people that he called out. We just go uh, call it a squabble. And both sides have their squabble. own story. Both sides have their own stories. CM Punk side is they kicked in the door and were pretty aggressive. And then the elite side is, you know, they just went to talk to him and Kenny Omega tried to save a dog. And it's like this whole weird uh, thing that happened. And the immediate follow up wouldn't have been known until Wednesday. because That's when their flagship TV show is. Uh, the fallout from this was all the titles have been stripped off of everybody involved. Mm -hmm. uh, seven or eight people are confirmed to be suspended. But the thing is with CM Punk, even now talking about this, we don't know what his status is. We, he's injured. That's, we, that's, we know, that's what we know. We know yeah, he's okay. injured, but his employment status is still... Uh, like completely unknown is like yeah, something like this. Like he, a lot of people feel he shouldn't be with the company anymore, which I feel like he shouldn't. This was unprofessional in front of cameras, and you can tell just by Tony Khan's face, like this wasn't a planned thing. So, I want I'm, I want to compare I want to compare this what CM Punk did and Tony Khan's reaction to the later on in the scrum when Swerve and My Glory was there, and he was like, oh, and they were talking like doing a back and forth a tete a tete. And like they were talking about, oh yeah, the acclaimed. Hmm, that might be a good match. And and you know they were they were bouncing back and forth with Tony, like that that felt more planned than uh what CM Punk was going what what CM Punk was doing. Yeah, I mean you see Tony Khan in like some clips like just downing like drinks like trying not to look nervous about it, because I think at this point CM Punk's just kind of going off on his own. Yeah, and you could tell during that media scrum that Tony Khan just looked like a man who just completely lost control of the situation. Absolutely. You know, absolutely lost control of the situation. He was just sitting there like with these surprised looks on his face and he was just kind of like going like this from time to time and he was just looking I confused. Really, like he wasn't yeah, like he was like, What's happening? Like <laughs> well, why is he doing this right now? You know, and I don't know, man. Okay. It, for me, it was seeing Punk just kind of handle this situation very childless. In a very childish manner. Okay. Is that right? Because he was like, oh, I work with kids. Yeah. You know, and like I said, and let's compare this to like Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle for a second, just to go off, just for a brief comparison. Okay. Seth Rollins did an interview where he talked about his issues with Matt Riddle and how, you know, his now ex-wife was body shaming, you know, his wife, Becky Lynch, and several others on the roster. Um, But, you know, Seth Rollins being a professional, you know, they worked their issues out. They went out at Clash the Castle and had a really good match. You know, I really feel like that should have been highlighted in how they professionally handle people you don't like in the workplace. And the way CM Punk handled it, you know, it just seems like he just had a very selfish motive, motive for doing so. And he just wanted to shit on and bury everybody he could under the sun when he could have just not mentioned it at all. It's okay. Like Man, you have the top title. You're the top guy right now. What you more don't, do you want? You don't need to bury the people who helped build the company that you're now on the top of. Like, <laughs> and on top, on top of that, burying people that you might have to possibly work with at a later date. So, and that's why I'm I feel just like not it's understanding not a, all this in general. Yeah, that's why I feel like it's not a work because there's nothing that would indicate at all 
that CM Punk and Kenny Omega were down the line at some point. It's it was CM Punk MJF because this whole thing overshadowed MJF's amazing return after months of just silence being off of TV. Not even silence, just silence on social media. Yeah, just showing up with a goon squad and getting the chance to have a title shot down the line. Like, that whole thing was just overshadowed by whatever the fuck CM Punk decided to do. And now we are not going to probably get that CM Punk MJF match. We're probably building more towards a Moxley MJF match now. So that's okay. It's not it's not going to have two years of payoff, but it's it's going to be all right. It's not going to have the same story impact unless they build off the whole uh, promo earlier where it's like Moxley's an ex WWE guy and MJF's mm-hmm. like trying to get the belt onto an AEW guy like they can go that route and it would help because you've built Moxley up to be this wrestler who's just like it's really hard to put him down. But now MJF has a squad behind him who can you know, get involved in everything too. So it's, it's a, it's a more feasible build. Cause I don't think if CM Punk's injured, then it's just not going to happen. That was just a brilliant way, you know, to have Stokely just go around in the background, just setting up this, you know, secret goon squad for the return yeah. of MJF. It was, it was a really good up for weeks. Yeah. It was building up, building up for weeks. Like he came back, handed uh, W Morrissey a card. He recruited, uh lee moriarty months ago mm-hmm. and it's like he's just been there like little fiend like little conniving behind the uh yeah just a little behind, the, behind scenes. the scenes and it's, it's that's something that i love right now AEW compared to wwe is the payoff for long-term interests long-term storytelling yeah uh because it's stuff like this you're like why is it stokely why is it all these guys it's like oh he's actually just been recruiting them from for like a month and a half now <laughs> like yeah like he he did uh what the fuck are their name uh like the gun the gun boys gun club did the, the gun club the, or the ass, the ass boys <laughs> um but moving on uh, yeah but like that's the whole thing so like the whole championship the whole tight world title scene is kind of out of whack now because CM Punk's out injured status with the company afterwards kind of Up in unknown the air. like is he gonna come back and have to make like a huge public like apology. Or are, is he going to have to, like, take his licks and lose a few, like, big matches before he can start getting his spot back? Like, it, I, I don't think... I think what's going to happen there is... Because a lot of... Uh, the feeling is that he's just not with the company anymore, from what I understand. Um, yeah. But it, it's one of those things where it's... Uh, the, it's one of the things I don't like about, like, the dirt sheets where we get all our news from, is that um, the way they're written, it's like, well, yes, that those are the only two options right now. Either he's not with the company anymore, or he has to make big strides to be uh, to reform. Like, yeah. yes, those are the only two options that are there. Shut the fuck up, Fightful Select. Exactly, and um, and sometimes dirt sheets love to embellish and sometimes fabricate news for clicks and likes. So you got to keep that in consideration as well. Okay, there were a couple of, as a matter of fact, there were a couple of um, uh, tw- there were like a couple of Twitter bots, you know, um spewing out fake news about AEW. Um, one of them being like Thunder Rosa asked for a release, but that was, you know, debunked by yeah, her husband. debunked and everything. Yeah, in every way. So you got to watch out for those at times too. You can't really take stock into what these accounts say on Twitter, you know? Yeah. The, the, the other thing that sucks about them is that the for all for all the spewing that CM Punk did, I think he's completely on the money where, where he's like, 
you know, these other, these, my EVPs need to stop going to these dirt sheets and, you know, telling them things. Like, I think there's a way to work with these dirt sheets where you're not, like, talking about, you know, drama. But I think there's the ways thing, to go like, about it to sell pay-per-views instead of, like, you know, spewing drama. But see, that's the it, thing. It, he, it, he calls out the EVP specifically for going to the dirt sheets. And there's no indication that they've even done that. Like, I know they, yeah. like, probably look at him, but... The fact that he's like, sure, I know for a fact it's the Bucks and Kenny. They're telling everybody our bullshit. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you don't know that for a fact. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I think what? the thing I will say about that is that uh, uh, what what's it what's it called? Uh, what's this? What's the saying? A hit dog will holler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, if if you're if he's so adamant that hey guys shut the fuck up about the backstage stuff then maybe absolutely we should just turn the screws on that and see what's actually going on yeah okay yes. and 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 not yeah. to put the whole onus on punk for this whole situation you know but like i said i know i am for for, <laughs> for the i mean i'm gonna put a, a good amount of it on punk because like i said the way he handled it was really shitty and childish but mm-hmm. at the same time i've been saying this for quite a bit now that tony khan really does need proper management in his company you know, mm-hmm. someone that can actually handle talent relations without bias, someone that can actually help him with day to day operations, you know, and not have, you know, his EVPs booking themselves to win, you know, titles and such all the time when in a way where it just kind of drags down the product. You know, I do he, kind of agree with that. But like he, I said, he, he needs an HR guy. He doesn't need Daniels. Yes. Yeah. And. uh like just continuing off of that, it's like because of the elites involvement in this and their alleged involvement of like, you know, being the ones to go to the dressing room to start whatever extreme the confrontation was, even if it was just to talk to him or if it was punk story where they kicked down the door kind of thing. Uh, it ended up with them getting stripped of the titles less than four days after getting them. And these were the titles that were held on to until kenny came back they're specifically for and kenny. it's just like that's not a good like debut it's of these titles look. no uh but then they kind of gave us the banger of a death triangle and best friends for the new trios champions it's a really good match which is unfortunate because this was i think the day right after they released malachi black uh, from his contract I'm mostly citing the mental health issues, I believe, is what the reasoning yeah. was. Is I, I don't th- I don't think he's in a good place mentally because he also talked about how needing back surgery, like he almost lost his ability to like wrestle. Yeah. And it's just I mean, kind that's of harrowing. Yeah. And it's just kind of the frustration of a, I guess, creative. He seems like a very creative person with a specific goal in mind. But mm-hmm. at the time, you can't have that full creative control. So I just think it's kind of another factor that's added on to whatever is going on with him. I know that uh, they released him with what they called. Uh, that's a conditional release. Uh, all of his stuff is still on AEW.com. You can still find him on the roster. Uh, he, his shirts there. His, he still is advertising shirts for AEW on his Twitter. What I think is. The thing is that. I think they're giving him a no compete. So he's forced to get the help that he needs instead mm-hmm. of just leaving AW for six months, wrestling other places that aren't a major competition. And then whatever until, you know, he's gone from the website until he's gone from the store. 
I'm not going to believe he's gone from the company. I will say that it's still a shrewd business decision. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, he's... they can bill it as like, yes, get the help you want. But also they absolutely do not want Aleister Black back in WWE. Yeah, because I mean, he's also one less, I think less than one year or maybe just over one year into a five year contract he signed. So it's like, I mean, they do have some bargaining power if they've already also paid him a certain amount yeah. to get that contract, you know? Yeah. So it's, I'm not sure. a businessman. Like, I don't know the contracts that everybody signed, but nothing on AEW is showing that he's gone from the company. He's not moved to like an alumni section. He's not taken out of the store. So they still have some right to his image. Also, uh, Black is still getting matches on AEW Dark. Yeah. And, and, also, I, and, I, feel, and I really feel like um until... I saw yeah, really something like... today, just real quick. I saw, I think it was a day or two ago, I saw a headline that AW has finally trademarked House of Black as a uh, stable name. Yeah. Yeah. So they're still so, investing in, in, so in him. I'm thinking that if he is gone, they're stopping him from taking that moniker to another company now. And they're yes. going to keep it on Buddy, Brody, and Julia. So. Mm-hmm. Which is a smart move. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it is, like I said, a shrewd business decision. I wish he would have stayed. I would have loved to see him and House of Black get another shot of just being like, hey, you're popular. Here's a title match. Throw him against the rivals of Death Triangle from months ago. Let him put on a banger three-man, give House of Black the trio's titles, you know? Instead, they gave it to Death Triangle, guys who have been with them since day one. It Mm -hmm. rewarded Pac. He's now the first double champion in AEW as a trio's champion and the All-Atlantic champion, so... Man's got his dues finally. Yeah, good for him. Um, and I mean, he's been there since day one too, and he's been a hell of a worker even through the pandemic like era. He was he was like one of the first five people signed to AEW when they announced the company in 2019. Because I remember that press conference they had in Jacksonville, and mm-hmm. um, he was he had came up there, he said his bit, and I'm like, yeah, he he's definitely a day one. He's worked his ass off ever since leaving WWE. Um, I would love to see him move up eventually into the TNT title picture and eventually the AEW world title picture once again. Yeah. Um, but for now, I'm, I'm just happy. He's just getting his dues, you and, know, and it's good. And it's, and as far as Malachi black goes, um, whatever is going on with him, I just wish him the best. Yeah. Okay. I don't want him, you know, the lot. I don't want this business, you know, consuming his mind to the point where it just destroys him mentally. Because the whole thing with that is that he was unhappy with his character direction. Mm -hmm. They apparently talked about it. They said that they got all the creative stuff uh, smoothed over. And then they, like the day after, or two days after, said like, hey, we're releasing him. So I'm wondering, like, is this just a, is it a release? Or is it just like, hey, take the time you need to get everything, you know, in order we're not releasing you out of your contract. You just don't have to be committed to us for this time. You don't so have it's to probably more like a leave of absence. If anything. I'm, I'm, yeah, until I see otherwise, I think it's more of just a leave of absence because nothing on their end indicates that they've removed him from their company. Yeah, correct. And, uh, leave, a, leave of absences are far more common in non wrestling, uh, programs. And I mean, that's all somebody has to say too. It's like, Hey, Alice, Hey, Alice or, or Malachi here. His name's like Tom something, I think. Mm. So just like, hey, take a break. And then somebody overhears that and it's like, oh, they've released him. Yeah, (laughs) that's probably what it is. And that's probably what it is. 
and um like we'll get to uh clash at the castle in a bit but the aftermath from all of this from losing cm punk to injury to the elites not being involved to tony having to vacate two sets of titles the man put on a hell of a show with his homegrown talent on wednesday like tony khan came out like guns blazing and is like you know what here's everybody that started with us and we're going to remind them that why we picked them wardlow made the tnt title feel relevant again you know just death triangle and best friends put on a hell of a show mjf in a promo battle with moxley like it was a hell of a show and just watching mjf just go from this awkwardly wild face reaction that was just so being good. the biggest asshole heel on the he's planet so the good was, he's just so he good at his job he's so good at eliciting a response yeah yeah and all of us are like yeah no that's bullshit wait we're waiting for the other shoe to drop and like there it is and the there it like, is we know he's a shit talker because we know he can't take the AEW title to wwe if there's no like business partnership so mm-hmm. it's like he's like the perfect like blend of like I believe my own bullshit as a wrestler. So I'm yeah. gonna make everybody else believe it. <laughs> but he's he's so good. Like he's such a great heel. Like he just has full all he has full control of the audience. And I have not seen anything like that in decades. Yeah, it's amazing. Right. And the man was gone for five months. Yeah. <laughs> I think and I there was conspiracy theories that he was like nursing an injury. Or something, which is why the Wardlow match was a squash, uh, and all Possible. that. So it's like, hey, we're gonna make this feel real. Let him go out, do his promo, and then he'll take the time off to heal from whatever leg is going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, or if Tony Khan's just like, go away for five months, you'll keep getting your paycheck. I just mean, yeah, to, for, for the sake of a story is insane. Com- is insane commitment to that story though. Me, and, me, a worker, don't have to fucking tell me that twice. Bye. Yeah, just, your boss comes in and it's like, hey, uh, we're going to get a story going for you in five months. Just fucking go away. I'll keep paying you. And then the day of that return, the guy he's supposed to be feuding when fucks up like Punk did. Uh-huh. It, it's like, I think pretty sure that's why Tony was freaking out, because he's like, I'm going to have to react to this. Yeah, like, I'm going yeah, to have to do yeah, something no here, and I had a plan. And this is shitting all over the plan. <laughs> he just fucked it all up. What am I supposed to do? Has CM Punk said anything on, on social media since then? He doesn't use Twitter a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, he's also turned off all replies to his tweets. So. And the oh, man, and being the elite went on hiatus, too. That, that's yes. what gets me, is the backstage stuff, or even, like, the not, like, really important stuff. It's just the cool, like, story-building elements. The fact that the Bucks canceled that too. And then like you have the reports of Kenny and the Bucks are sending out like feelers to WWE for when the contract expires. Which a part of me feels like the Bucks will never go to WWE. I think they like their freedom creatively mm-hmm. too much. Plus I don't think the traveling they'd take part in. Like all the traveling that WWE does. It's just it's they don't strike me as the kind of guys who would want to be on the road, you know, five days a week. No, for sure. For what, forty eight weeks a year? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) once they get that sweet Cody deal where they get their own bus, 
So <laughs> the Cody Mobile. And uh yeah, so I think it's just more it, Tony and AEW walk this line of what is real and what is a work very well. Like almost like criminally well, because I can't differentiate anymore. So I think, I think I have a hard we, time following it. I really do. I think we as like smarter wrestling fans want to so badly believe that everything is a work um, or even like a, a work shoot that things like CM Punk's tirade, like, yeah, but well, like, at the end of the day, it you still when to determine if something is a work or a shoot for those of you in the audience. Uh, the idea here is do is this still talking about a match down the line? Because that's always going to be the main idea of even yeah. a work shoot. Uh, you think of like Paul Heyman's work shoot where he is talking like shitting on uh, Vince McMahon about what he did in ECW where like, oh, no, we're not going to compete. And then he did. And then Taz comes out and chokes him out at the end. Like that yeah. was a, that's a work shoot because that that is talking about that is real feelings Paul Heyman has towards Vince, but it is still at the end of the day selling a match down the line. It was selling the match at Invasion, I think. Yeah, and nothing about how the path to CM Punk winning the world title indicated going back after Adam Page. Mm. Uh, it didn't indicate anything going after Kenny Omega. He just came back. Like there's been no build. What's Punk going to do against the Bucks? He doesn't have a tag team partner. Also, is sure it worth, doesn't have one anymore. Is it worth it being a shoot if you make your own fucking company look bad? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, with MJF, there's a bit of believability because you understand that he crosses the line. Mm-hmm. So when he shits talks the company, that feels perfectly natural for him. Mm-hmm. But like when it's not even like on a real televised thing when it's on like a what the YouTube like media scrim afterwards. It's where all of these dirt sheets that he's talking about are all there. All of them are recording him. But then, like, unprovoked going after Colt Cabana, it's like, it, mm-hmm. it's like, I think Punk just fucking lost it for some reason. Like, I think he was just tired of whatever question was asked and just fucking lost his mind. And he just decided to snap for no reason on everybody around him, you know, and yeah, it does embarrass the company because it really comes saw... off unprofessional as hell. And it does. Tony Khan's not a pro wrestler, and I doubt he's an actor, and he's never wanted to be an on-screen personality. The look on he's his face, the look on his face is genuine, like fucking confusion to what Punk is saying. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is this a work or is this a shoot? Because this feels like it is detrimental to Punk as an asset. It is to, to talk like this. And I feel like a lot of his fan base are really enable him also. Okay. They get up and they defend him at every opportunity they get. You know, I caught a little bit of flack in a wrestling group by saying, you know, how much of a problem he is everywhere he goes. Okay. But it's like, you guys are fans of this guy, but you can't really bring yourself to call him out on some of the shit that he does. And making your company look bad. He's doing this in WWE before. And people in WWE was like, oh, yeah, this sounds like the guy we uh, we were around back in. What was the quote? It was uh, somebody asked Triple H how he felt that AEW signed CM Punk. And his response is, he's their problem now. Yeah. And then, like, all of this shit started happening. 
That's all uh, you need to know right there. What was it? Uh, Fox for SmackDown. They wanted to get CM Punk as one of their like post-show like analysis guys for like the post-show, and WWE aggressively went against their fucking network people to not have him on that show. And it's like there's just like this taint for CM Punk now. It's like even WWE's like we will fight our own network to not have this guy here. Like, it's really just a matter of everybody knows what they're getting into when dealing with CM Punk now. Tony Khan did not. You he wanted didn't. CM. You wanted CM Punk. You got the ego. And the thing is, if this is a work. And it's this result of this bizarre long-term storytelling of Eddie Kingston calling CM Punk out on his bullshit. And then Adam Page calling out CM Punk on his bullshit, saying he's trying to protect the company from him. And then you get this outbreak. I'm like, is Tony Khan this much of a madman to, like, let this be a thing? He's not that intelligent. Like, and th- and that's love Tony like, Khan. He's not that he's, intelligent. He's, I don't think he's that confident. Mm-hmm. like he might like I feel like he's smart enough to do it I don't think he's that confident to think he can do it successfully mm-hmm. and if he doesn't tell his other guys about it and the Bucks and Kenny go to talk to CM Punk about it because like hey you just shit talked all of us the thing that gets me out of that whole story though is that Kenny just basically went in there to get a dog out of the situation not <laughs> and then any got dog. Bit. CM Punk's dog CM Punk's dog because he was in the locker room and then got bit by a steel he got bit and he got his hair pulled which probably in any other situation would sound like a kink event but you know I'm like uh, this is the weird this sh- I'm like a story like this can only occur in wrestling mm-hmm. but it's then but see, it's like, again, it, you're probably right. It's that mentality of like, is this a work? Because then they brought in the third party investigators and they suspended everybody. You know, Christopher Daniels, uh, Nakazawa was there. Pat Buck was there. They suspended all of them until the investigation's over. And they said, we're bringing in a third party investigator to interview people who saw the event, but were not involved. And the first person on that list is MJF. And I'm like. This, could this tie into the CM Punk story with him? I'm like, that's why I'm like, is my brain like thinking that okay. all of this is a work? We <laughs> so want like... so badly to believe when sometimes people are just shitty. Sometimes yeah. people are just bad people and we need to like acknowledge that. Because a part of my mind's also like MJF wins the world title and his night is ruined by a returning CM Punk. Mm-hmm. After AEW this whole is turn- interview. AEW is turning us into conspiracy theorists. It's, I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing. It's probably a, have the board behind us. Like it's this, probably a right. bad. It's probably a bad. All the thing. rubber bands and shit. You know? So yeah, it's probably a bad thing. But it feels like the '80s again in a way, and it's weird to say that in this age of social media, because well, even in this age of social media, it still doesn't feel fake or real. Like it's this weird middle ground, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the topic of dirt sheets. I guess moving on from that whole AEW kerfuffle, these dirt sheets have no idea what they're talking about because the fiend did not come back at Clash at the Castle. He did not. <laughs> They've been saying that since like Hell in a Cell last year. So all the dirt sheets going into Clash were the fiends coming back, Braun Strowman's coming back tonight, Sasha and Naomi are coming back, and instead we got Solo Sokoa. So. <laughs> And Look, they've been trying to get Solo Sokoa for a hot minute. I'm glad they finally did it. 
it this wasn't the place. This was the night that I think McIntyre deserved to win. You, he's already won it though. You set it up in his country though. Like I yeah. that, this is just WWE rules, I guess. They're in his hometown, so he's going to lose. Yeah, um, yep. Um but also like it's much it's a much better story for like McIntyre's established. He can go and win the title whenever he wants and it makes sense. Yeah. But I think they're waiting for somebody to come back, maybe Cody, uh, to win it for the first time. I, and, and that's the person who's going to take it off of Roman. And I don't think it's going to be a two-time champion or an established champion. I think it's going to yeah. be someone who's going to win it for the first time, maybe even solo. And I think if we go back to the first episode where we had X on, I mean, the bet that I bet this is in Cody's contract that mm-hmm. he's the one to dethrone Roman. And the injury is just a wrench thrown into Head the plan. Back. Yeah. Um, but then there were headlines earlier this week saying that the plan is for Reigns to hold the titles until WrestleMania for a match with The Rock. And I'm like, that- you're going to commit that much time to this like drying out story that people are already getting tired of. Like, I think the more interesting story for the bloodline is whatever's going on with Jimmy and Sammy. Like, Sammy Zayn is the best part of Roman Reigns' story right now. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, oh, cool, he's going, we're going to go on pay-per-view. Roman's going to win for some bullshit reason. But I think that's like, leading. Ult- but I think it's leading ultimately to Kevin and Sammy dethroning the Usos. Because I feel like that's the direction they're going right now. Well, minus this whole stuff with Austin Theory. Um... I would think that'd be a smart direction to go with Kevin and Sammy because it would be, you know, those two lifelong Canadian friends, you know, dethroning the Usos after the Usos pretty much are going to oust Sammy from the bloodline. That's coming. Okay, we're probably only maybe two or three weeks they, away. They from. got Solo and they can kick Sammy out now. Yeah, and yeah. That's so exactly that, 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 yeah. that's pretty much the reason why he's there. So, And on top of that, you have Killer Cross ringside at Clash of Castle. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he doesn't do anything at all. He just uh, looks menacing. And then he comes back the next night and in- interferes in the main event to choke out McIntyre, setting up their feud. Yeah. So you've already taken both of them out of the title picture into a feud with each other. And it's like, I'm okay with that. It's like, I don't know who like, is this just like the plan and trips has to just follow this plan? Because I don't think that's I, I don't think that's what it is. I think they're legitimately I think this is legitimately like this is what Trips' plan is and it's like moving along moving along. I think any long term storytelling, long term storytelling they would have had with uh in the Vince is gone. I think it's yeah. I think it this is all by Triple H's design as he's not even the head of creative anymore. He's above that. Yeah. He got promoted. Uh, he got promoted in this month and a half. That's how good he's been. We got promoted like twice this month. Yeah. But um just the stuff that's and the stuff that has come after Clash at the Castle has been very good. We've gotten a fully yes. formed Imperium back. Imperium came back, yeah. And Finally. the full team, they're great. They're putting Seamus is just continually proving how good of a wrestler he has always been. And just people have just never uh, people just like, oh, he's always just a mid card guy. It's like, no, he was in the best tag team with Cesaro. He was in the best tag team with Cesaro. He it like I I said this off uh, when we were like chatting about it, but I was there 
when he won his very first uh, WWE championship at uh, TLC. Um, and everyone was like, oh, no, that looked like the dirt sheets that were like, oh, that was a botch. It was it wasn't planned, but they had to go with it. I'm like, no, 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 that was planned. I watched it happen. Yeah. It was complete. The angle I had, it was completely planned. That shit was meant to happen. Sheamus was supposed to beat Cena that day clean. Well, as clean as he can in the tables match. Yeah. And it's uh, like he can he, go. And you have the announcement that Triple H has no plans on using Gable Stevenson. Good. Good. Uh, Braun's back. <laughs> Looking great, eh. by the way. Like, Braun looks great. Down. He looks in great shape right now. Um, he looks great. I, I'm, I'm taking the win out of his sails just a little bit because, like, when he gone. interfered in that, in that, like, that tag match, like he fucking slipped and then like charged out. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I saw that get. It. He ran around. He tripped. Good recovery though to get back up and still put somebody through the uh, yeah no barrier. He, but it's just it like was, God. It was, it was, <laughs> It's so funny because you just see this big man just like running and then like disappear behind the barricade and then pop back up and hit somebody, which was great. Um, I I I saw uh, some fan cam of that angle and he just fucking like fucking bolts like and then like gets up again like Ugh. yeah and I mean we got Gargano back right into a feud with Austin Theory, building off their NXT story together. If if it was Triple H's idea to bring Dexter Loomis in, it's exactly what Raw needed. Dexter Loomis is the best part of Raw right now for me. <laughs> Did you see the? He hasn't wrestled. Did you see the cage match with the Miz? Yes, yes. where he's like where he, pops out. He stops he and he's he stops and he's looking down, and then the camera angle change to just show Dexter Loomis laying under the ring, looking at him, and I'm like, this is, this is incredible. I love. Dexter, I love Dexter. Like I love Dexter in NXT, and that's like he's just proving like he can be a great comedy wrestler. Also, uh, Dexter Loomis being uh, uh, they had there was they were doing this thing uh, last night. I know you didn't. You said you didn't watch Raw. Um, so last night they had they had this whole thing where Miz and and Maurice were going to like a premiere or something. Um, and, uh, they were doing an interview and the interviewer was talking about Dexter Loomis and Miz was like, no, don't say his name. Don't say his name. <laughs> we're not talking about this. This interview is over. And he, and he like leaves and the camera turns as he's, as he's leaving, like he, the car takes off camera turns around. There's Dexter Loomis in his, in the Miz's house. And he pull, <laughs> pulls up, he like has a drawing of the Miz and Maurice <laughs> and their kid. It's just it's great it's it's been... I love how maurice points out that they have like so much security around the house that he's not there's no way he can get in <laughs> and he just comes in like solid snake out of nowhere probably like through a vent or some shit and he just holds up a picture i'm like this dude is gold on this so, roster so Very good. the two moments that it's like because i liked him as a wrestler and then the two moments that really sold me about what they're doing with him on raw is when Miz is just talking to Champa and walking, and you see him just in the corner of the screen as like a security guard, and then it like they do the stop, and like turn around and it's just another, they turn around it's and a different else. guy <laughs> there entirely. I, and then I love the when Miz is when Miz is running away and gets into his car and the light in the back seat lights up and Dexter Loomis is in the back of the SUV. And lights uh, don't lights don't work that way, but that was a really cool creative decision. And then during the match where he's like, Champa, look, it's Dexter. And Champa turns around, but Dexter's already gone. So it just seems like the Miz is crazy right now. Yeah. And I'm like, 
it this feels like an nxt thing and i this like this is like the best like debut of a wrestler who hasn't wrestled yet and i'm like i can't wait to see what happens like next like whatever feud he moves on to it's just gonna be so interesting like he's such a great like character wrestler all right yeah he's, 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 he's just kind of real quick huh? yep. it stopped my pizza again oh okay yeah so we're so i'm gonna cut back in so i share back now yeah. uh we we're talking about like i don't think this dexter loomis stuff works if it's anybody but the miz oh yeah the miz like, is a very good like foil to like anything I, at this point because the miz is like he's just committing to it he's yeah. like just... and it's just like He's like, you know what? I've been with this company long enough. I have job security. They want me to be funny with this guy. I'll be a fucking hilarious. And so. he's just so good at playing a comedically cowardly villain. He, he is. is. He's, he's so good at like the improvisational yes and of like, yes, and this happens. Like yeah. uh, improv, like that's he's so good. at. He's been good at that for so long. Um, which is wild because he used to be this jittering dude in sh in jorts. Yeah, and I think what's great is that any big name star that has come into WWE in the last few years, they trust the Miz to be that first guy to put him over. Mm -hmm. Cody came back, beat Cody. Rollins instantly into a feud with the Miz, and then it picked up the Rollins feud again. Dexter Loomis terrorizing the Miz. It's like, I think every big name that gets moved up or debuts is going to have to go through the Miz because they trust him to be able to put he is on that a good guy. Food. He is that guy. And I think that's he what Miz will be known for, you know, by the time he retires or something like that is he's a good character wrestler who knew what the assignment was and could pull Cause it they off. know when Because they know when you put Miz in that role, he is going to shine and he's going to make, he's going to make that person look good no matter what. And he's going to go to extremes to do it at times. Yeah. He's only 41 years old. He's still got like, some longevity. He's got yeah. some time. Like, he doesn't look a day over, like, mid-30s. No, he looks good. Um, he looks really good. He's got plenty of time left. I hope they do move away from his and Champa being a tag team, though. I think Champa deserves, like, at least a solo run. Because I think or he's getting... Gargano. I think he... Uh, yeah, just... Bring it back to him and Gargano again. Like, <laughs> just give us oh that. yeah, run that back. Run it back. As they both used they both used each other's signature moves in matches now. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, just so much history. I think Gargano made a good decision not instantly signing with somebody. I would have loved to see him in AEW just because of the depth of their roster when it comes to names. But I think he's going to be handled just well because he is one of like he is uh, one of Triple H's kids, as people would say. Yes. So I think he's going to like, get treated extra special moving into the main roster. My favorite thing about what when people talk about, say, for example, Seamus, who was this, they're like, oh, Seamus is a mid-card person at best. Like, Seamus was also one of Triple H's kids. Yeah. And yeah, that's the, so, like, they don't know. And that's <laughs> the thing. Uh, we've said it before. Your company is improved having a stronger mid-card. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, look at AEW's mid card and just look how fucking stacked that roster is. I mean, it's a great mid card thing. So any matches you get, people are going to know the names of. People are going to know it's going to be a great fucking match. And I think that's something that WWE lacks. Like they have a very strong like title picture, 
but the mid card needed improvement. And that's why I think people like Dexter Loomis and Gargano, uh, Imperium showing up like that's filling out this mid card. That's kind of been in need for a few years. Uh, you could really trust people like uh, Rollins for a bit when he wasn't in the title picture. Uh, Dolph Ziggler is always somebody who's going to exist in that mid card and know what the assignment is. I mean, just him and Miz for the Intercontinental title a few years ago. That whole that series amazing. of matches was just absurd. And it's like, so you have these guys who know the assignment, but you're also going to get these new guys who are going to be put into it in prep to get them to the title picture whenever yes. the Roman Reigns experiment ends. So I would, that's not an ex- like, I would say that that has stopped becoming an experiment. He's getting the John Cena uh, territory. It, yeah, but it's not an experiment anymore. It's just what he is. He is, he is the guy. He is the guy, but like, you don't, I, I really a, do. you don't need a second John Cena. Now, I, I think that whole thing, the tri- I think the tribal chief thing is running its course. Yeah. All right. And it's getting to the point where people are like, okay, we get it now. Can we get some new champions? I just, okay, maybe it's time to move what, somebody up. At this point? My issue is people are going to get tired of seeing Roman win matches by help. And it's going to hurt his credibility for a, a lot of it. So eventually people are going to be like, man, he's not even beating people. You know, he's just, he has a goon squad. He has a family member tucked away somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's the tattoo family. If Solo Sokoa runs his course too, they're going to be like, all right, bring in another one. <laughs> just... Right. Hey, hey, how, how many how many of his family, his cousins do we have running around Doesn't here? Doesn't Rikishi have like Sign six? Doesn't have Rikishi have like six kids? Like, he has so many oh, kids. We have know. three of them right now in the company. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I just would love it though, because that was one of my favorite Twitter interactions. I think this last week is Rikishi tweeting. It's like, I got three sons. I got three sons in the company. So proud. And then Sammy replied, more like four, right? More like four. <laughs> Technically four. It's like, like four. I'm like, God damn it, Sammy. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. Sammy Zane knows the assignment too. Like, it's just, it's so funny, but it's like, I don't know if it's just I'm in that boat of I'm just getting tired of seeing my world champion win with interference. Sure. I feel like that's all the WWE title picture has been the last few years, even before Roman. It's just been people holding the title because of interference or disqualifications or cheap shots. I'm like, just give me a definitive world championship win. Just next pay-per-view just let roman beat somebody without any interference just show me you guys can do that just, just <laughs> like, let a man handle somebody you know or and oh to make it as balanced as a match as possible but just i would just rather him manhandle somebody and win a match so it's be like oh he's still like the, yeah, he's still strong enough to hold both of those titles you know i think the last time that happened somewhere. i think the last time that happened was like against uh jay uso actually like yeah they're matching hell in the cell yeah i think that or was it jimmy it was one of them it was one of the usus it, it was i think jay. it was jay i think it was jay um i think that was the last time he really won like clean that was a i quit match yeah because i mean the match with lesnar ended with interference uh clash of the castle ended with interference and i think that was like what roman and brock nine i don't remember how roman and brock eight ended so it, it, I, I'm I'm so done with Brock Lesnar. Like, please stop. 
Please, I think they're done. Please, with, I think they're you. done with Brock too. Like, yeah, I think Brock's done with WWE. I think it's like Vince, it's like, Vince ain't here anymore. You guys aren't going to treat me like I deserve. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's like I love having a monster as much as the next guy, but he just legit looks unsafe every time he goes in there, and I I'm terrified for whoever's in the ring with him. I the last Brock Roman match. Is it sad that I think the best part of that match wasn't even the wrestling? It was the fucking microphone throw, and Roman yeah, caught it yeah, one handed, right? and it's just like the like little this... cocky wink that he gave to him too. It's like I think that's that the best part up. of the match because we were talking about it when it happened when he bulldozed the ring and lifted it up. I was instantly mm-hmm. like, I would have sued WWE if I got if I paid for that ringside seat and I couldn't see the rest of the match, <laughs> like. It was, yeah. a, I'm like, I can't imagine how pissed off those people were. Especially if there were like, um, seats over a thousand dollars. Yeah. The, oh, like those, pay-per-view, seats. those pay-per-view seats are 800 to 1200 seat dollars. Yeah. So if yeah, I'm yeah, sitting ringside and suddenly my view of, cause the entire last part of that match took place in that corner. So it's like, I can't see the match. I'm sitting right here. I got to look at the fucking screen. Like, bro, I, I would have, so I would have complain as so as somebody who's sat in those ring as somebody who's been in those ringside seats yeah it can if they're on the other side of the ring you're fucked yeah it's just like god damn man like i can't even the imagine row, the bullshit they it, had to go through even the rows like directly above where ringside is have a way better view yeah i mean that's why we never get ringside seats uh when we go wrestling here we're usually a row or two back or i'm usually up on like a higher raised like level to see it better I yeah. like being I like being on the row above ringside because I think that's the best view where uh, it's the closest to the ring, but also it's like it's right there. You don't have right people standing it, up in front it, of you. Yes, that and you that can see is. everything. Yeah, I did that with uh, off topic a little bit. I did that with a Metallica concert where I was nice. right like right above the standing standing area or in in the seats, so I could so I could like I could watch them. It's my favorite band of all time since I was like three. Uh, but you know, it's, it's just my favorite place to be is just right above where everyone's standing. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think this whole episode can be summed up to the dirt sheets need to not get one source and not just like instantly report it. Cause the thing well, is, these fake accounts just really need to stop lying. Cause it's like, Hey, yeah. we're reporting all these returns. We're reporting all of this drama that we heard about. So it's not even like a thing. It's like, Hey, we heard this happened. And now they're like, hey, we're reporting that the plan is Roman to hold the titles until WrestleMania. And it's like, is that from like a one guy who told you that? Like, yeah. So if it's like it's stuff like that, it's like if I know Roman's going to hold the title until WrestleMania, I'm not going to bother watching the main event of any pay-per-view. Because it's like, oh, cool. It's going to be the best match in the world. Somebody's going to interfere. Something dumb's going to happen. Roman's going to retain. And so why would that, I watch that if I could just predict it? You know, and, like, and, to, and to continue your point, I don't think Roman versus The Rock needs the titles. That is a big enough match, name wise, that you can just sell throughout the next several months until you get to WrestleMania, and that will still sell out. It does not did, need the championships, and that's even if The Rock agrees. <laughs> like, yeah, did Rock Hogan? Rock Hogan was for the undisputed title, wasn't it? No, no, that really? was that, that was just a. Uh, like the battle of legends or something. I think they called it. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah I think to your point, the title match that year was Triple H versus Jericho for the undisputed um WWF championship. Okay. Fair and, enough. Uh, what was it? We had the uh three what was it, the three Cena Hogan matches? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That series, it was like, hey, that didn't need the titles either. Nah. Yeah. So it's like you, the rock is well, a Cena big rock. enough name. Yeah, Cena Rock. That's what it was. It's like the rock's a big enough name. Roman just going up against him is going to be a big enough fucking headline. Like it's going to be enough to sell the pay per view. Let your two, let your other titles mean something because right now the world title feels like the Intercontinental title and the U.S. title. They feel like your world titles right now because yeah. at least they're being defended. I will say it's one thing I do like about having a champion for so long because uh, you think of the champions in AEW, they've switched at most like a year like yeah they usually run for about a, and they, they usually run out. for about a year it's just and they, they I, run just long enough for you to get tired of it and I, I, just long enough i think that's what was happening with kenny story. omega i think yeah. i was happy with kenny omega towards the end i was like i started getting tired but yeah because i mean he was the champion yeah <laughs> um the belt armor and all that uh but i will say the thing i do like um about what wwe does with with uh at least with roman I do like having um, longer reigning champions because I think that I think that does make your belt look strong because at the end of the day, yes, the last couple ones have been with the help of the of the bloodline. But like when you look at it, when the reign is set, when Roman's reign is all said and done, I made a joke there. um, uh, You're not going to look back and be like, oh, yeah, well, he won because the Usos kept interfering in his matches. You're going to be like, oh, he had a title reign for over a year that's impressive but i think also if you're going to do something like this it's got to set the precedence like if cody finally gets the title don't leave it on him for eight months and then take it off of him like you like it it's just one of those things like if you want it to feel like it means something then it has to mean something for every champion for everybody yes and it's I like agree. but that's the thing it's like I think a year is long enough because that's by about the time in AEW that I start getting tired of a champion, but they also, that's enough time for them to progress a good like competitor story. And it's like, I don't think I'm going to enjoy the world title picture. If everybody's holding it for like a year and a half in WWE. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it gets a little stale after a while, you know, because it's always going to be a screwy finish to a pay-per-view. It's always, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, you got to at least make it believable. Like if you present, let's say Cody Rhodes in a way that he feels unstoppable and a pay-per-view is a legitimate win instead of a screwy finish, which WWE is notorious for. Yeah. Then that's the thing. It's like, that's kind of why I'm like, I can hit or miss these pay-per-views. Cause I know it's going to be a screwy finish on the main event. Like, and then the one that isn't, it's the one you're going to miss. And it's going to be like, Oh God, I missed that match. Yeah, and you can hope that it's a legitimate win for the champion, mm-hmm. you know, with some time behind the belt. So I think a good way to think about it is at some point there's going to be a match where it's going to be like, you know, the bloodline's barred from the from ringside. Um, I think when you see that match, I think that match is going to be the banger. Yeah, when it's finally the one-on-one. Yes. And... It's like Hell in a Cell or it's like the Usos are barred from ringside or whatever the case may be. But also I think that's like, the match you want to look out for. It's just that, a steel cage match. Yeah, I guess yeah. the last thing is just like, quit making your baby faces look like idiots. You know Roman has the bloodline. 
why didn't McIntyre hire Sheamus and them to be at ringside with him? It's like, you know you're coming in to a multiple person group, and yet you're still coming by yourself. It's just like, god damn it, like, quit making your baby faces be stupid. <laughs> like, that's, just make them smart. It's just like, it's one of those, like, little pet peeves. It's like, they know there's at least a three-on-one in this situation. Yeah. And it's just like, it happens all the time. And it's just like, god damn it, why do you feel so stupid? At least they're not playing hot potato between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this thing, like, I'm, I want wrestling to get back to that age of these titles are held and they mean something, and they can define a run. I think the weakest run so far in AEW has been the thing with CM Punk and Moxley because of the injuries. That was probably the weakest time. And before that, it was Paige because they just seemed to lose creative direction with him after he got the title. It's Mm -hmm. like they didn't plan for it. It's almost like they just let Paige coast. After his title win, you well, know, I think but they could have just added more to the start. They could have just added more to his title one and made it mean something. They just kind of pro- coasted off. They I- really needed him to win because Kenny was for sure out. Yeah. So they needed somebody really quick. Yeah. And I think they never really had creative for him. I, think I don't, they think they, had, don't think they planned it far in advance. I think they had two plans, but I think the people that they planned for him to go were also out with injuries by that point. Yeah. So it's like you're just kind of having this champion who's coasting until it's time to, you know, get back into it. I don't. I think he defended it once during his run. So uh, he defended it a couple of times. A couple of times. Oh yeah, he had the TV matches and everything too. Yeah, so, he had a bunch of TV matches. It was pay per view yeah. matches that he didn't really and he, have. Him and him and Takashita need to run it back because that match was fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Ta- Takashita needs to get a titles win at some point. Give him the All Atlantic when Pac's done with it. Takeshita just needs to come back to the U.S. in general. That yeah. dude is a star. He's a superstar in the making. You know, that guy is like the best parts of Kenny Omega and like fucking uh, Kazutsuko Okada. Yeah. All rolled into one. Yeah. And he's well, young. So. Yeah. I think it was like somebody pointed out like after his first TV matches, they, the dirt shoots were like, uh, WWE has interest in him. <laughs> and i'm like yeah of course they do because they don't want anybody else getting this guy hell no but, but i can't uh, wait for him to come back man that dude is amazing you yeah. guys see that kind of off topic but also somewhat on topic from what we've been talking about do you guys see that one tweet from uh kenta who was like oh yeah the worst, the worst part, part of, of wrestling was i couldn't use the finisher that i invented in, in for four years for six years yeah like, what was that? The entire time he was in NXT, they, he wasn't allowed to use the GTS. Yeah, right. So it's just like, why? Because CM Punk uses it? You guys don't get CM Punk trauma by Kenta using that move? And the, cra- <laughs> and the crazy part was, there was one time where he did use it in NXT, but it was at a live event. And the minute he used it, it went viral all over Twitter. So I was like, why yeah. not just let him use his own finish? That's his finisher. He just invented it. He, just let him use it. It's like the crowd ate that shit up. So I was like, yeah, man, they did. Do yeah. it. Let him use his finisher. But now I don't know, man. But, That's just one of those things WWE's really weird about, you know? Yeah. And I'm hoping that stuff like that changes. We've already seen a few changes with Triple H leading. Everyone stuff. getting their first names back. People Woo! are getting people are getting their full names back. Uh words are being allowed. It, it's just more like freedom and more. 
I would say just more believability because everybody's like, why can't you just say wrestling? Like, you guys are wrestling. It, you can call yourself sports entertainment, but you are wrestling. It is okay to be both. It was all focus tested. Yeah. But uh, we're about at that time, uh, Decker, you have stuff to do. I have stuff Maybe. to do, but uh, like if we if y'all have any like other thoughts, I'm willing to stay like this. This isn't this isn't a hard cut. This is a this is like I got things to do. But also, if we're if we're having a hot conversation, I don't <laughs> mind. Uh, I, I guess the last thing I want to rant about is people who don't matter in this industry anymore, always voicing their opinions. <laughs> Like oh, Vince, you mean wrestlers from like 30 years ago? Vince Russo needs to shut the fuck up. So Disco. <laughs> and Disco so, Inferno. It's like, the thing is like Vince Russo okay. keeps talking about all this shit. It's like, hey, why aren't you doing it like this, man? I'm like, hey, Vince, need to remind you that you're responsible for two of the worst periods in wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one, one with WCW and one then one with TNA. One with TNA. <laughs> it's like, hey, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then you got Jim uh, Cornette who just. Jim hey, Cornette he, is. He just hates fun. Jim Cornette is the Alex Jones of of wrestling. Oh my god, he is. Oh my god. I hate that analogy, but he is. It's just like Yeah. He's like I I I, I listen to him and I like his history. I like his insight. Uh-huh. I like hearing these I old I like hearing these old stories from like the 80s and like the thought process behind it. Like I like the history of it. But yeah, it's not that anymore. And he wanted to He's just an angry old man. He, he wants become, to not be modern wrestling anymore. And he's just yeah, so he just, disconnected from it that it's just like it's it's not wrestling. It's like it's wrestling because everybody knows the truth now. <laughs> like, he's just become an encyclopedia of shitty takes constantly. Yeah. That's what he's become. And it's, I know he's getting a lot of, you know, traction from it because he has a lot of people, you know, who follow him on Twitter over it. But. That's literally his stick now. It's just rolling out all the shitty takes he has in his fucking mind. Are you live tweeting this? (laughs) (laughs) I just get a notification on my watch from Twitter. (laughs) Curse take from the Without Podcast Network recording. Jim Cornette is the Alex Jones of wrestling mentioned by Deca Volti. I'm like, are you live tweeting? (laughs) Great. Now you're dating the podcast. Like, no, like Jim Cornette incites hatred and like vitriol and says the worst things about people yeah and like get and he just need like people just need to check him and be like the future is now old man the future is now old man but it's like it's just it's like, him it's russo it's disco inferno it's fucking it's, bubba, it's bubba ray in recent months it's just like mm-hmm. guys this isn't the fucking 80s or 90s anymore everybody knows that this shit is fake but they want to be entertained like, I think my least favorite. I think my least favorite one is in in recent. Like even with Jim, like Jim Cornette as the as the anomaly here, who's like the black hole of like wrestling yeah, content. Um, yeah. I think Kevin Nash has been like a really bad one in recent in like the in the past because he just says like he'll just like smoke a joint and say that they have the worst shit ever, <laughs> like the most off the wall shit ever. Oh no, Kevin Nash's demeanor's kind of changed on social media lately. So I kind of like I like him now. I like I mean he, I've always he's liked him now. Nash. But like he's during shoot right promos, he, during shoot promos, he's been like the yeah. worst. It's yeah. just oh god, I just like I hate trying to decipher Vince Russo rants because if I put it into a word document and remove the word bro, I lose half the word count. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just like a like, Rick and Morty just episode like, description. Yeah, like, it's just like 
hey barry it's like bro man you can't be doing this bro it's like this is this is how we did it like in like, wcw bro i'm like bro just stop saying it every fucking three words the, the start <laughs> in the, the, the beginning and end of every bruce uh, every vince russo sentence begins with bro okay that riddle moment yeah i'm gonna actually oh, look man. up uh something real quick so from eight days ago uh vince russo uh destroys former raw women's champ in epic rant he's talking about nikki ash who I really hope goes back to being Nikki Cross. I don't like the, yeah. Well, I think the superpower things, uh, run. I think it's run course. course. Yeah, I love Nikki Cross, man. She was such a crazy oddball character, and I loved it. Um, I, I, I think, I think every time it's like wrestling veteran tirade goes on tirade about current WWE champion, it's like. I fucking hate these articles. But like, they're going to start. I I can't find one of his bro uh, rants. But then like, the black hole is like starting to devour itself too. Because then you got mm. Cornette burying Russo, and you got Russo burying Cornette, and then they're both talking shit about Bubba Ray. Yes, <laughs> it's just let like them fight. It's just like they're all starting. To, it's like these are just guys yelling in a corner. Like this is not only Disco Inferno, who was a C tier wrestler at best in WCW. You got Vince Russo, who is responsible for two of the worst periods of wrestling because of his creative inability. You got Cornette, who after the 80s was pissed that it's not the same, and now he's an old man yelling at Cloud. Jim Cornette's claim to fame was having a tennis racket on live TV, and that was it. He was a good manager on TV, but that was when people thought it was legitimate. And because he can't mm. act that way anymore without... I guess full repercussions because everybody knows that that's now like an act. So he can't just be a dick to people. Sure. It's like, it's just, they're starting to like devour themselves. And I'm like, why would anybody want any input from you three? Cause you've almost destroyed, you buried a company, which is why we're in this situation with WWE to begin with. And you mm. haven't done anything of meaning since the 90. And so, then he did book uh, for TNA, but he was at it with Russo during that time too. I think. So, so yeah. I think so. You heard my Jim Cornette is the Alex Jones. Uh, I think I think Vince Russo is the Hideo Kojima of of wrestling because he needs that guy to be like that's stupid. Stop that. No, I would say Vince Russo is the like reverse Tommy Wiseau, where he <laughs> whereas Tommy Wiseau jokes about it a lot and says like the room's a comedy and he says i'll let people believe that russo is the kind of guy is like yeah man i wrote it as a comedy like trying to totally yeah yeah he's trying he's trying to seem like he's smarter than you it's like oh i oh my wrestling's a joke oh so you get it then like that's the kind of attitude i get from him you know what's really bad about that raven yeah there's a lot. There's a lot of like yeah. '90s wrestlers and there's a lot of they, they have their heyday in like, like WCCW out. or something. And I mean, I love Jim Ross as a commentator, but even he's like at points like just burying the company he works for because mm-hmm. he's like, I don't. These guys just don't understand that it's like, hey, people know wrestling's fake. Now let's make it about the theatrics. People aren't going to believe that this is a legitimate thing. Let's make them have fun while they're here. It's just save it for the broadcast, right? Yeah. And I hate to break it to them, but, you know, wrestling has kind of been this way for like the last, I don't know, 20 years or so. 
I remember going back watching some old old stuff where he was wrestling with the human tornado and um he was doing all this kind of stuff where you know he would just be dancing in the ring and the crowd would be going along with it. The shit's entertainment at this point. Yeah. Okay. We all know what this is. That, okay. that one that one gif I always see of Matt Seidel doing the, like doing a slam dunk and then doing a hurricane rattle on human yeah. tornado. Like stupid shit it's has just... been occurring in wrestling for 20 years now. Get over it. Okay. It's like mm-hmm. when WCW died and it was only WWF, you could tell like there was a slow gradual build to we don't give a shit. Because yeah. if the idea of wrestling being fake didn't hit you prior to Vince McMahon wrestling God, then <laughs> you've lasted longer than the trip. rest of us. <laughs> and then pinning, and then pinning God, and then pinning yeah. God. And it's just so, like I don't, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. I'm like, man, I I understand. Like, if you're this isn't your kind of thing, but this isn't your industry anymore. I don't, so I don't think anybody cares up. anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, nobody fucking cares anymore. They don't. Like I said, the future is now, old man. The future is now, yeah. old man. And I would, I would say that to Russo's face. I'm like, bro, just shut the fuck up. Like, you've almost ruined two companies. <laughs> you've right. ruined one and a half companies. One like, and a half is probably the best way to do that. Because it was Russo that decided, hey, David Arquette would be a good, good world champion in WCW. <laughs> so... But also, uh, yeah. good on David Arquette for also realizing how stupid of an idea that fucking was. So, that man's still wrestling. He's in death matches recently. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, I got nothing else to say. I think that's my yeah. Tirade. I think I think we're good there. I think that's my final that's tirade good. because those guys are like the evolved form of dirt sheet reporters. So, yeah. they have just that much little bit of insider knowledge because they used to be in it. Yeah, and right. they they're pushing. It's the same. Th- it's the same thing with Meltzer and, and Alvarez. They they used to be a part of the product, and they're using know, like what little bit they know. I don't know what Meltzer's deal is. The guy feels all over the place at times, and he's like reporting all these things as fact by like one unnamed source. And I'm he's, like, bro, you're oh, a reporter. Like, invest investigative journalism has to do that where they're like unnamed sources, but. He's really sketch because in the past he's like doxed people and shit. Like, yeah. So like, he's really sketch. I don't like him. Yeah. So it's just like, I love these shows that we do, but I really hope people don't start believing that we're some wrestling commentators. We are not. (laughs) We are not journalists. We are only speculating. We are three fans with a uh, range of how much of a work is this mindset. (laughs) We are three fans who I don't know how long you guys have been watching, but I've been watching since I was like. Uh, eight w- or nine wcw so fuck yeah I so wcw was the nwa well Collect- back during the nwa so coll- days so collectively about like 120 Six- years maybe collectively about yeah. 60 years of wrestling <laughs> i think Not collectively about 120 ish yeah so- nwa was a long time oh, ago god the 90s yeah. were like 30 years ago weren't they so yes yeah in yeah, the 80s so- 40 years ago yeah i would say anywhere between 80 to 80 to 100 years given all yeah. our ages so so yeah we're old um but yeah that like we're not we're we we don't know the inner workings we're not i just want to believe know the inner workings. i just want believable stories like yes. i just want stories that can feel real and also entertain me when they're in the ring i, yes. I just want to be i just want to be entertained that's all i, I want to be i i when, want good match quality i want yes. good promos and 
I think we're getting the, I think we're getting there with WWE. Actually. We're getting we're getting to a nice equilibrium now, because like if you yeah. just want to watch more of like an indie style show, you watch AEW. You want to watch a bunch of spots, watch AEW. If you yeah, want to like, watch the big if more... you want to watch like the big names, the big names and mm-hmm. a higher production value. WWE. WWE. And also they're all on separate fucking days. So I, I, I would make the argument that I, I think when during pay-per-views, uh, not during the during Raw, because some of those matches are hit and miss still. But like during pay-per-views, I think WWE actually has better overall match quality. Oh, they deliver on pay-per-views recently. Even yes, recently, big time. recently they've been delivering on their pay-per-views. Yes. So, um, but I and I think AEW overall, I think AEW as a whole has better match quality. But I think if you go just by pay-per-views, I think WWE hasn't beat. Yeah. It's just uh, also I want to pay-per-views to find a sweet spot in terms of time limits. Yes. Like. I, I understand it's like a special event, but I don't want to sit through 14 matches on either of your cards. So, yeah, it just seems like a marathon for me. It's like, like AEW can really benefit from cutting it down. Like not, maybe six, seven matches. Not every story has to pay off on the pay-per-view. That's what like, you have those specials for that you do. You can just do it on yeah. a, on a whole, on a whole weekday. You just, can do it on a rampage. It's fine. Or do it on one of those Saturday specials they have every now and then. You know, they have like a battle of the belts, so they could do it on Fighter Fest and shit if, like that. I mean, yeah. If the story yeah. is good enough to deserve a pay per view spot, if it's like, if it's just like a normal, like, here's a feud to get us through this month and get these two guys to their next feud, you can end it on a Friday. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to end it on the pay per view. <laughs> I don't think, I, I think they think, I think. They legitimately think that every feud that they have is Has worthy to be on of a pay per view blow off. Yeah, but that's not the case for either show, it's and not. they need to stop. <laughs> it's yeah. not at all the case. Guarantee belts, guaranteed big payoffs for feuds like long running feuds. But if it's a feud that started in May and ran, and it's still it's like it ran through May and June and July and everything, you can just probably end that on a weekday show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you don't have to end that on a pay per view and get everybody to their next thing because here's what you can do you can end the feud and then dedicate a small segment onto the pay per view to be like an interview with another wrestler and then have one of those guys come in to set up a new feud. It's like you can get them onto your show still, you know. I think surely there has to be a balance between like the WWE where they have a match and then they have like a backstage two minutes of ads. And then the backstage segment and then another match. Yeah. I think there's a balance between like match, 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 and like match add backstage match. Yeah. That's there's a, some sort of balance we can work out here. That is something that I like more about AEW's thing, because they're all it's his it's their money. The amount of ads on an AEW show is minimal at best. So yeah. it's a, a good speedy just wrestling. But like sitting through WWE shows feels like a chore sometimes with all the ads between matches. I understand it's yeah. because of the live audience and, and like getting so the ring ready. Too. Yeah, like we were talking really about in our last wrestling one, the match starts, it goes to commercial, everybody stops wrestling, <laughs> and then just walks during around. Pay- during pay per views when they run an ad, uh, you just you see like people in the shadows like moving tables and shit. Yeah, it's just like it's, it's so it's so, so it, it's bizarre, odd. it's surreal. And it's like, if that doesn't tell you the wrestling's fake, I don't know what does. So, but, uh, right. yeah, I got I nothing else left to say. Yeah. I think we covered, I think that's, uh, I think that's that. 
Clash of the Castle. We talked about the we... CM Punk kerfuffle, our thoughts on dirt sheets and the old men who need to stop. The old men yelling at clouds. I have one final short thought, though. Sure. Um, look, I remember, you know, all those times that we went through WWF during that long period where there was, you know, WWF, WWE, when there was one major no competition. show in North America. Um, yeah. I never want to go back to that, okay? As it's, AEW, it's not good to have a monopoly. One, it really isn't. One company on TV, that's not a healthy industry. Because it, every, that's the thing. It's like you have all these other companies. People can go to other places to work. Yeah. People, you know, wrestlers still need jobs and they're human beings, you know, at the end of the day. They need jobs. We need plenty of jobs for them to go to. Okay. I don't want to see AEW fail. Yes. Every wrestling company has its ups and downs. Currently, AEW's going through sort of a down period with a lot of drama and bullshit. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I want to see this company survive. Because it every company that survives like this makes pro wrestling so much better. It yeah. gives us options. It gives us flavor. It gives us somewhere to go to if we don't like certain things about another company. Okay? And all these dirt sheets and these people who just gradually come on, you know, Twitter or socials and they shit talk AEW constantly. I'm like, seriously, at the end of the day, you really just need to grow the fuck up, man. Yeah. Why do you want a Monopoly? Exactly. Why do you want I, Monopoly? I think, I think the saying here uh, is iron sharpens iron. Yes. Yeah. The, so. it, competition breeds a better business. Mm -hmm. And you're already getting that. Like, I think even though he might never admit it, Triple H, when he took over, is like, okay, we're going to have to ring quality. We're going to have to kick it, in, kick it in high gear. Yeah. Yeah. But it overall, it just makes pro wrestling so much better to have multiple companies run by multiple people, okay? Because if we go back to that period, it's going to fizzle out again, okay? We tried to lift, you know, impact up during that time. You know, fortunately, you know, history so fucked it up. You so know, everything it got fucked up. <laughs> I want AEW, WWE, and everything else to succeed. Hell, shit. I want a third major pro wrestling company, you know, at some point in the next five years, because that would be amazing. TNA is in the corner, like, in the corner, like, flipping you off. <laughs> Impact's just like, okay, well, fuck us, I guess. <laughs> Impact is just like, am I a joke to you? Yeah, it's like, we've, yes, survived, for we've survived for 20 years. It's been around 20 years, and people barely know this. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just... But that, that's pretty much all I wanted to get off of my chest, you know, and please, for the love of God, Stop listening to fake Twitter bots, okay? Like, fucking, there's only, like, 20% of people on Twitter who are even real. It's so... It's what X and I say, like, you can enjoy multiple companies. WWE does not pay you for your brand loyalty. Like, Unless just, they do, and then let me know, let just, me know. In case they do, yes, but just enjoy wrestling. The more wrestling, you have more wrestling than ever with AEW now existing. Just enjoy it. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what is wrong with y'all? Seriously. But that is a to cut. We have to cut it for here. Uh, Decca has a Star Wars game. <laughs> I am, I am now Wars. running late. <laughs> you are now running late to a Star Wars game to play. So we're going to end it here. Uh, as always, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Check out the Spotify 
uh, channel. That should also be down in the link. Uh, I am looking into getting us on more services. So if you listen to something like Stitcher, that might be showing up there as well. And then if it does, we'll get a better outro, probably a scripted one. Uh, oh, yeah. Check out Dummies and D20s. It is a new channel brought to you by, by bleh, brought to you by this group. Uh, we have a few players from Decca's D&D game and myself uh, playing in it. So that's cool. That should be in the description below as well. Yes. And X, always fun to have you onto the show. I'm feeling like we should probably just set up a second podcast on this channel just for wrestling. Wrestling <laughs> like, podcast. Just a weekly. It keeps happening every week. There's a weekly wrestling podcast, but trying to figure out a day to record that because I think it's like, was it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are all wrestling actually, nights? I might actually die. Yeah, right? so, but we always enjoy having you on the show. And as I'm always for, happy to be on here, man. And as for that, uh, I guess we will close out there. So thank you, everybody, for watching, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.